Welcome to Mother Luck, an all-things momhood podcast with your host, Romy and Alex. As new moms ourselves, we are starting to understand the ups and downs of new motherhood. From sleepless nights to joyful milestones, we'll discuss all the things related to raising babies and how we're handling it. Join us as we share tips, tricks, vent sessions, and stories that will make you laugh, cry, and everything in between, because we're all surviving in this together. Hey, Mother Luck Mamas, this is Romy. And Alex. And today we have a very special guest. We have Liz from Dilo en Español on YouTube. She is our first celebrity guest. (laughs) Um, Our daughters are obsessed with her. In the last three months, she has had 13,000 subscribers and has had 500,000 views. That's And I swear we've probably been 400,000 of those because, like Romy said, we are obsessed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, thank you. Of course. So um, we just want to give you the space to introduce yourself, give a little bit about your background, family, um, before we kick it off. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm Liz. I am Liz from, actually, I just changed my brand name from Dilo en Español to Spanish with Liz just recently, like last week. So I'm in the process of my my YouTube channel will now be Spanish with Liz. So I am Spanish with Liz. Liz is short for Lizette. My parents call me Lizette in Español. Uh, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Um, I am a first generation Mexican-American. So that means that both my parents were born in Mexico that's where they immigrated from uh, back in the late 1980s, I believe. And so I did all my grade school in El Paso, Texas. Um, I got my bachelor's degree there at the University of Texas in El Paso. I hold a bachelor's in science of nursing. And then I moved to California here about 15 years ago for, for a nursing job, actually. And I've been here. Uh, I worked for um, a hospital here, and I was an ICU nurse for about seven years and then eventually went on to get my degree in anesthesia. I hold a master's in anesthesia and I got that yes. at the university. Yes, I know. <laughs> I went to the University <laughs> of Louisiana. And so I've been a CRNA for the past five years. Um, I practice currently. And um, so CRNA just basically means certified registered nurse anesthetist. I know there's a lot of acronyms in medicine. So just mm-hmm. to clarify that. And I basically work in surgery. I give anesthesia to anyone that comes in that needs surgery. Um, as far as my family, I'm the youngest of four children. My siblings, they're still, uh, you know, scattered across Texas. I go back and forth uh-huh. uh, probably like twice a year. I go back to uh-huh. Texas and um, I'm married. I have two little babies. We're probably not babies anymore. They're like toddlers. They're one and two mm-hmm. years old, two little girls. And let's see hobbies. I mean, I, I've held a lot of hobbies, but I would say that one of my main hobbies for like the past like 10, 12 years has been salsa dancing. I'm actually a trained oh, salsa okay. dancer. I've trained, I've competed, traveled, I've taught. I've been on multiple teams across LA and San Diego, and I've competed. I even competed in the um, World Latin Dance Cup, and I held like the second place what? title oh. in, the, in the team wow. division. Yeah. So. I love, I love, you know, the salsa culture. It's, it's what I still actually still currently train on two teams, one here wow. local, and then one international. So it's, it's really what keeps me active and it's provided me with like a great circle of friends and a lot of like great yeah. contacts. And so now oh. like present day, like now I have this new passion project, which is why I'm here with you guys today to talk about like this new YouTube channel journey. So <laughs> I love that. So we actually have a lot in common, which is so funny. My husband was an ICU nurse and toyed with becoming a CRNA, but he actually went to chiropractic school and my sister does salsa dancing. But what I'm hearing is that soon you'll have like YouTube videos teaching our kids salsa. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) 
I've toyed with the idea, actually, ironically enough, I've like actually toyed with because I've taught kids before. I, I taught I used to teach a little salsa mm-hmm. kids team. And so I know how to do it. I know kids love it. And I've, I've, you know, I've toyed with the idea. I just, you know, there's so much I want to kind of do. I just kind of have to stick mm-hmm. with one thing for right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes I would feel that. And I will say only 4% of Latinas in the U.S. have a master's degree. And all three of us are on this call do right now. So yes. yay us. Oh, We're yes. doing it. Yes. It's, you know, it's super interesting because in my, in my profession of anesthesia, uh, Latinos only are about less than 5%. And even where I work, I am the only Latina that speaks Spanish in my, in my entire, wow. you know, department. So <laughs> it's a big deal. Wow. Glad that we're growing. I feel like that stat has grown a little bit, which is so, so empowering as a Latina woman. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So that leads mm-hmm. perfect. So tell us why you started your YouTube journey. Um, like what led you to start it? Yeah. I mean, oh gosh. So at first, I want to say thank you for to you guys, to you, Alex and Romy, because this is actually the first time that I'm like sharing my story with an audience. And like, it's just like such an honor that you guys invited me on and I have this platform for me to even share this with you because it's it's also honestly very personal to me. And this is like my passion project, right? So the, the project, the initiative to start it actually started this year in April. Um, I remember I took like a picture of myself in the mirror when I said, okay, I'm going to do it. This is the day that I'm going to decide. And I took like a picture of myself just so I wouldn't like go back on my word, you know? (laughs) I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but the idea behind it actually started many years ago, like when my daughter was born, when she was born, um, I had this idea to just like blog and like journal my, my motherhood journey. I've always been like, I've always been that friend that like is like the historian of the group that takes like videos and keeps the concert ticket stubs. Mm-hmm. And I, I even still have like my wedding bouquet. Like I like to keep all these wow. like memorandums of like milestones. Mm-hmm. Right. So motherhood was like, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to journal everything. I'm going to blog everything. I really wanted to keep it for myself as like a keepsake. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the idea started. Um, motherhood, obviously my first baby, the newborn stage was nothing what I pictured. It was a very difficult stage for us. And I would say like for us in particular, now I know having a second child that my first child's newborn face was not normal. It was not the average newborn. And so we struggled a lot with like her sleeping. She wouldn't sleep for more than like 10, 20 minutes, you know, at a time. And she she had a really hard time like feeding and digesting. And like her biggest struggle was just going to the bathroom. So Mm -hmm. she required so much soothing. And so I just started like singing and I'm not a singer. So I would Mm -hmm. sing and rock. And I'm not kidding when I would say I would rock her and sing to her for like three to four hours a day minimum wow. like standing up in the shower in the middle of the night like all all day I would just be singing 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 and I would sing like you know the nursery rhymes in English and Spanish until finally I just kind of started I think you know with all the chaos and the delirium I just kind of started just saying words and started making up these jingles and making up these songs and mm-hmm. my husband he would like laugh and be like these are good. You know, these songs, they like rhyme and they make sense. Like you need to record them. And I was like, yeah, you're being silly. Like no way. And that's kind of how it all just kind of started. The idea just sat, you know, on my phone. Cause I recorded everything on my phone. I kind of blogged everything and it just sat on my phone for, for years. And it wasn't until my second child was born that she really took to it. And it was like, even now as they're, they're both toddlers now, like our entire day, wrote it just it's basically we're just singing all day where as we're moving from task to task we just sing I have a song for washing your hands I have a song for changing the diaper like all day I am just I I prevent so many meltdowns and so many like 
difficult transition times with songs and it just wow. works so good for us. And so I thought, you know, it works so well for us. You know, my husband was actually the one that still pushed for it. He's like, you know, it works so well for us. You, you could literally be like, and I remember the phrase he used because my husband's actually really good at convincing me to do things. He's like, <laughs> probably why I married him, but he said something <laughs> like, you could be doing God's work. <laughs> and I remember that phrase that stuck with me. And I was like, huh, I wonder, yeah, maybe like, yeah, okay. Maybe I'll like record it and like put it on social media or put it on a blog or I'll do something. And it wasn't until we went to a wedding last year, at the end of last year, one of my cousins came up to me and said, you know, the way you are with your kids reminds me of Miss Rachel. And I was like, who is Miss Rachel? So, you know, (laughs) I obviously, I came back home. She sent me a leak. She's like, watch this. And so I watched it. And that's how I was introduced to Miss Rachel. And I was hooked. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like she really didn't, like my husband says, you know, she didn't need a lot to get started. Like it's just her. It really is just her and her techniques. And you just Mm -hmm. really just need to allow yourself the permission and like just the courage to just start. And so she really was like my biggest motivator where I was like, wow, she did it. And she, you know, look at where she is now. And so Mm -hmm. I still talked to a couple of my mom friends. I was like, you know, if I did a show, you know, singing Spanish songs, would you watch it? And all of them were like, absolutely. We'd be your biggest Mm -hmm. fans. You're going to take off. Like, yes, do it. Do it, please. And that's when I got my validation. And, you know, the last person I talked to was my mom. I I told her, hey, if I start this, can you just help me? Can you just help me just to, like, keep my mind together? I was really nervous, obviously. Yeah. Yourself out there. I'm not a singer. Like, I'm not. That is not, you know, my my area of expertise at all. So I was actually very nervous. So my mom was one that gave me that last little oomph, you know, to just do it. And so I knew having, you know, my mom behind me, my husband behind me, my friends, it was like that extra like validation to just, just do it, you know, just go for it. And if nothing comes with it, at least my kids have something to watch later on. Yes. And that's just, that's really how it all started. It was kind of, I don't know, it was, I really feel like all the things were put into place at a certain time and it just mm-hmm. really worked out. Well. I love that so much. I got chills like and you know it's funny because I also you know when I was an ICU nurse I would teach mm-hmm. a lot of like students in the ICU mm-hmm. and one of her one of these students just re- recently reached out to me this week and she's like I my daughter just watched you on YouTube and it reminded me of how you treated me when I when you were teaching oh, me in the ICU wow. and she's like you're this is your calling like teaching is your calling and I was like oh I just it was such a moment wow. of validation yes you know this is I love it so did you yes, ever expect to get as big as you've gotten? No, honestly, when I first put out my first video, like the first video always takes the longest, right? But when yeah. I first when I put my first video out there, my goal was just to get like 100 views. I just wanted 100 people to look at it. That really was like my goal. Like I was like, if 100 people can just watch it, then I know I did good for 100 people. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was really, that's like the number I had in my head. I just want 100 views. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, that kind of like segues good into our next question because a YouTube channel is a lot of work and there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes and you do really great with your editing, your special effects. Um, so like what all goes into the creation and where you're at in your channel right now? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, even though my, my channel is, is pretty low budget, it's still, there's still so much that goes behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first started out, I, 
I basically got like an Amazon kit and it came with like a green screen, which is right behind me right now. It came with a green screen, a microphone, a light, and it was just learning how to use these things. Like I've, I've edited small things in the past for school, but never an entire video. So it was quite the challenge. That was honestly like my biggest hurdle, how to figure out how to edit a green screen. I remember I sat in my closet like I am right now. And I took like 20 really bad videos, like really, really bad. Like the sound was terrible. Like there was so much, you know, extra stuff in the, on the top of my head. And it was just, it was terrible. It was a lot of trial and error, figuring out how I should move, how I should speak, you know, my song. I didn't even know like what register I was singing in. Like I really, it, mm-hmm. it really was starting from like the bottom up. Mm-hmm. The only people I showed these videos to was like my husband. So yes. nobody saw these videos. And so, yeah, the, I'll have to admit the beginning was very overwhelming and kind of daunting. And there was a lot of moments where I just thought, like, I can't do this. Like, I really can't. Like, I don't know how people like Miss Rachel did it. It's just so much work. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think once you figure out the logistics of it, which took me about maybe two, three weeks to figure out the logistics of it, then I was able to sit down and do the actual fun stuff, which is mm-hmm. creating. Right had a library in my camera full of just concepts, ideas, notes. I had videos of me just speaking my thoughts of motherhood. Like I just had so much material from the last two to three years of just sitting in my phone. Right. And so it was just mm-hmm. going through my phone and figuring out, okay, what's my angle? Like what, what am I teaching? Like, am I teaching babies or am I teaching adults or what am I like? It was a lot of just trying to figure out what my style was going to be. And so then I realized, you know, I'm going to teach children because if I can teach children then the parents will watch too and so that was my angle I felt I felt like that was going to be my angle and so yeah that's honestly that's the fun part like the fun part is the creation and the recording and I would say Mm -hmm. the part that I'm still really trying to work on is like the production behind the scenes like now I'm really lucky now that I actually work with an editor now and I'm just so lucky to have him because he actually helps me with like the final edits of the video Mm -hmm. so Sitting down, writing something and recording it takes me about a week, sometimes a week and a half if it's really long. And then um, I do the initial edits of like what I want in the video and what order and what effects I want, what songs, what music, all of that. I pick everything and then I give it to my editor all in order. And then he goes back and like adds like the captions. He adds um, like effects. He helps me out with like taking off like the spots in the green screen that aren't Mm -hmm. quite right. And he just gives it that last little clean look. And so I'm just really lucky to have him now. And so hopefully, like, in the future, as, as this continues to grow, like, hopefully I'll have, like, more people on a team so that mm-hmm. I can push these videos out a little bit faster. And But, yeah, right now, as of now, it's just me and my editor. So it's a lot that goes into it. But it's it's a lot of fun. I love doing it. <laughs> so you mentioned, like, for babies and adults. Um, So two things here. My husband's gringo, so he's learning Spanish for you too. We've been together eight years now, and now he's starting to learn, which is great. Um, but I actually showed your videos to two of my best friends, and they they said they're gonna start watching you to learn Spanish too. So I think you definitely have a market there. Um, you're hitting both, and that's amazing. Yeah, you know when I when I married my husband, my husband is uh, Indian. He's Indian American. His parents are immigrants from India. And he, you know, in order to impress me, like went into Spanish classes and like wanted to learn Spanish. And so when we got married, he really wanted me to teach him Spanish. But I was like, I don't even know where to like start. Like, I don't like he knows like, Mm -hmm. you know, conversational Spanish. But like, how do I teach him like how to conjugate and all? Like, I don't know a lot of these things, you know, it's just kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that you learn naturally through conversation. Right. And so um, these videos have really helped reinforce the Spanish that he knows. And now he feels a lot more confident in like speaking to the kids, you know, conversation throughout the day. So it definitely helps. 
And same with me, Alex. I, I'm also married to a gringo, and he sits with Mia and watches it, and I can tell he's learning himself. Even though he understands a lot, he doesn't feel confident enough to speak it, and I feel like he's also picking up. So you're hitting a lot of people. Yes, yes, that's the goal. I feel like it's it should be a family experience, right? So that way that, mm -hmm. you know, it could be used long-term. Yes. So how do you balance mom life, work life, and a YouTube channel? Oh, my gosh. I know. That's like... I'm still trying to figure it out every day. I, I yeah. think here, like time management is like my best friend. I wish I could mm -hmm. say there was like, like a magical recipe or like a magical calendar that I have, but uh -huh. no, I think it's a day to day thing. Like some days are really good. I feel like I'm killing it. And then other days I feel like things are just falling apart, you know? And mm -hmm. I think eventually as the YouTube channel grows, I would like to eventually schedule videos in advance and have yeah. things more, more organized. But right now, like I'm obviously a mom first, you know? So yeah right now we're in the transition of starting them in preschool so I'm really busy with that so I think it's just every every day it just it I take it day by day I try not to be too hard on myself mm -hmm. um, I'm also trying to enjoy the process too so I don't really have like a a balance per se but I would say that my like it's not like I woke up one day and had like two kids and a YouTube channel and a dog like yeah no. it's like it's been a gradual growth right like I've had my salsa career for a long time so I've, mm -hmm. I feel pretty solid in that and then I've you know, got married. And then I had my first kid. And I think that was like the biggest transition is becoming a mom for the first time. And so now mm -hmm. that I've been a mom for almost three years, I feel like I finally got the hang of things. Uh -huh. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that that saying that says like, um, when you have one kid, you need a lot of help. When you have two, you figure it out. And when you have three, you help others. Have you guys heard uh -huh. of that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Like, I, I kept thinking, like, how is that possible? Now I get it. Because now that I have two, you're at a rhythm now that you nothing really phases you like you've, you've kind of got it down now is it a routine right you got the naps down you got you know the meals down you, you mm -hmm. kind of have it out so I think the YouTube channel kind of just fits in into the gaps like I record during nap time I write scripts at bedtime like it's it just kind of wow. I fill in the gaps you know wherever I can it's not it you know it's it, it gets easier obviously like a, a video used to take me a month now a video takes me about a week and a half so it's getting That's faster incredible. and you know hopefully someday a video will take me a day you know who knows <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I think you said it like really same with us we started this podcast you know same kind of journey but mom being a mom always comes first and you kind of just mm -hmm. fit things where you can mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and you do it because you love it right like like at least for yeah. me like Art is the easy part. That's the fat, that's the part I could do quickly. It's it's everything that encompasses around it, right? The logistics and scheduling. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. Yeah. Yes. So true. So we are both also, of course, raising yeah. bilingual babies. So why do you think it's important to raise multilingual children? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I love this question actually because uh -huh. There's so many benefits. Like if you look at it from just like a cognitive standpoint, like when we look at the baby brain, a baby's brain is literally wired to communicate the moment they're born. They're they're wired to communicate with their mother. And so when a baby comes out of the womb, the first thing they do is cry. Why are they crying? Because that's their language. That's how they communicate mm -hmm. to their mother that they have a need, right? So as babies' brains grow and they mature, their waves their ways of communicating also matures depending on how much they're exposed to, right? So the most the more that they're exposed to the more the growth is stimulated. So if they're exposed to language, whatever language it is, English, Spanish, French, whatever language they're being exposed to, whether they're reading or writing, speaking, singing, um, that growth is just like stimulated even more. And they start mm -hmm. developing, you know, memory, they start developing critical thinking and attention control. And all, even though babies don't understand like what's Spanish, what's English or mm -hmm. what's 
language to them all of it is like communication and so they don't have mm-hmm. they don't struggle with like the nuances of like grammar or things like that and so they're very flexible in that sense and this flexibility later translates into like academic performance like math and reading vocabulary all of that so just from like a cognitive standpoint there's just so many benefits and then if you want to talk about like the present day benefits like we live in a world that's like becoming more and more interconnected right like there's Mm -hmm. a huge role for social media there's virtual careers now like like people that are bilingual or multilingual they have such a valuable asset like can you imagine Mm -hmm. the next 10 20 years like how much Mm -hmm. more global careers are going to be like can you imagine Mm -hmm. like the competitive edge that you're providing your child the long the long like the long-term opportunities that you're giving them for career growth like it's exciting like it's exciting to think about like from like a career and like academic standpoint and then there's also like that personal like cultural standpoint right like yes. we want to teach just our native language and even though it's beneficial to us as parents like you also have to think like this is going to give your child like a sense of like belonging and identity and it's going to give them so much more fulfillment in the future and of course you preserve your heritage you preserve like your roots um, your child has a greater understanding of like global diversity of like your own culture. And so I think it's just important that children learn about global diversity and that, that makes them just more empathetic and more respectful towards each other. And it just, it's a beautiful thing. Like you really are creating like kinder children, I think, you know, so it's, it's important. I think it's really important because all three of us have quote unquote mixed children, Indian American, mm-hmm. Mexican American, and white American, like mix to, you know, honor both sides of their heritage Mm -hmm. so that's very very important absolutely and and it's also because my parents speak broken english Mm -hmm. um for her to be able to one day just talk to them in spanish just gives me so much peace you know absolutely yes you know we so my my parents don't speak English. Now they've learned, you know, because they've lived in the U.S. Yeah. for so long. But initially, we only speak Spanish around them, and I only mm-hmm. actually speak Spanish to my siblings too. But my husband also, his parents don't speak English. They speak Punjabi, which is an Indian like um, language. And so I love that my children are going to know three different communities. Yeah, belonging in three different ways. And so mm-hmm. I, I love that. So when my mother-in-law comes over, like I encourage her to speak to her my children in Punjabi, even though. They don't really know much, but it just yes. the, the hearing of it, just hearing the dialect creates such a, I, I think it make, makes them empathetic towards the culture and mm-hmm. just gives them a sense of like, this is, this is who we are, you know? So yeah. Absolutely. That's a good segue. So you're a little bit more of a seasoned mother. We have um, like 14 months and under over here. <laughs> um, what advice would you give for parents who are trying to raise multilingual, bilingual um, kids? Yeah, I, I would say, gosh, I mean, I have so many like little tips tricks but I would say like the biggest thing is just to really take advantage of the fact that you have your kids for like the first five years like you're lucky if like maybe the Mm -hmm. first 10 for the first five years of your child's life you are their world you are their biggest influence everything you do they Mm -hmm. will do they see everything you do as interesting and so you are their Mm -hmm. first biggest influence take advantage of that and so if you whatever you value whatever you're trying to teach them whether it's like eating healthy or exercising or speaking Spanish, whatever it is, do it with them, do it in front of them, learn with them. Um, if you're, you know, mm-hmm. watching, you know, the, the Spanish channels, watch with them so that you can learn them too. And so you become really a vessel mm-hmm. for your child's learning and you're, you're the, you're the gatekeeper for what, what they're exposed to. And so take advantage yes. of that while they're little right now, because you have them fully, you have their full attention for maybe five years. Um, after that, there's going to be other, you know, influences. And mm-hmm. so, and also, I kind of also want to say, like, 
a lot of people think that being bilingual means like you're speaking both languages perfectly and fluently. And that's, that's actually quite mm -hmm. rare. That's not like true. Like being mm -hmm. bilingual, it's okay to not be proficient in each language. Like you can still be like yes. a, a beginner in one language, a proficient in the other, and maybe like, you know, fluent in the other. It's okay to not be like perfectly bilingual. You don't have to feel like I can't speak or clean this language because I'm not perfectly fluent. Like that, that's very rare. It's very rare mm -hmm. to find a perfectly fluent person in two languages yes. so I don't want them to feel like intimidated do what you can like do it with your child and yeah do it early that's my biggest yeah, sometimes advice I fear that I'm losing Spanish because mm -hmm. the only time I speak Spanish completely is when I talk to my parents my aunt and uncle mm -hmm. like that's it other than that I speak English with my husband with my in-laws with like literally everyone work like everything this interview you know yeah. everything <laughs> So yeah. I, I worry that I'm going to turn into a no sabo kid, but I'm like, it's really not that bad, <laughs> but I fear that, but I really shouldn't because like I will offer as far as I'm concerned, we'll be able to always talk to my parents and they understand me even if I spoke in English, but that's my only like practice is with my parents. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Um, literally same. And even like when we go back to Puerto Rico, which isn't as often as we used to, like it takes me like three days to get back into fully speaking Spanish because I'm a little shy at first, you know, like yeah. I'm like, what if I say something wrong? Because I haven't like been, you know, fully immersed. Yeah. But I think that's a good point. Like, I think people and cultures just appreciate you trying. Yeah. And you should find peace in that. Yeah. And when I go to Mexico, I feel like I'm gonna do it anyway. But like after like one or two days, like, I kind of get more in the rhythm and it's mm -hmm. more like natural, but it takes like the same. It takes me a couple of days, but I try not to be shy. And I know I have an accent to them. So like when I come, they're like, oh yeah, I can tell you're not from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like when I moved to California, I had a Texas accent. And now that I go back to Texas to visit, I have a California accent. So it's like, no matter what I do, like I'm always going to have an accent to someone. So I think yeah. I've gotten over like the intimidation of like having an accent or not. Like, yeah. And that's something I want to instill in me later. Like, it's no big deal. Like, just talk. Say what you got to say. Like, we got it. Hey, fellow mother like mamas and dads who are brave enough to listen in. Just wanted to pop in and remind you that if you're enjoying our content, make sure you hit the follow button on our podcast about all things momhood. Honestly, it's like being part of an exclusive club, but without the secret handshakes. And while you're at it, make sure to rate and review our podcast to help others find us and grow our community. So what challenges have you faced in raising bilingual children and how have you overcome them? Yeah. So, I mean, I live in San Diego right now. So even though we are close to the border, you know, we're actually 30 minutes away from Mexico. There's, mm -hmm. there's my biggest challenge here has been um, just access, access to programs, finding schools that are like bilingual or Spanish immersion. There's not a lot of extracurricular activities here. And even the books are like limited. Like there's not a lot of access here and which is like kind of strange because we're so close to the border right yeah so, yeah most of my challenges have been because of access and so when I had my my first daughter she's almost she's two and a half now and when she was born we enrolled in like three different you know Spanish immersion schools and we were on the wait list because they were saturated wow and we recently we were on the wait list for over a year and so we um, recently got a call that we were next, you know, so we got mm -hmm. to tour these facilities and then, you know, we came out just kind of disappointed because the price is just astonishing. Like it's, wow. it's almost like unreachable, like unreachable, like the, the, the financial aspect of trying to get your child to learn like fluently through a language or through a program, like the prices here are just astonishing. Like the access here is just very limited. Wow. And 
a lot of these programs, you know, they're not real Spanish immersion. When you go actually tour the programs, they have it's an English classroom with one Spanish lesson of the day, or they they share a Spanish teacher within the school, or they have like a Spanish assistant. But it's like you're paying all this money, and it's like it's not even like they speak Spanish to them all day. I speak more and more Spanish at wow. home. So it's like, at that point, it's like I'm better off just keeping them at home and me mm-hmm. teaching them. And so, a lot I feel like a lot of times like when moms create things, it's because they wish they had it themselves, right? And so a mm-hmm. lot of times, when, like when I created this channel, it was it was really more for my kids. It was kind of a selfish, you know, yeah. thing. Like I wanted, I wanted this for my kids. I wanted them to have it. And I wanted them to practice it when I was in here, when I was at work. Or, But now, you know, that I've actually begun this channel, there's like, there's validation every day when I get messages. I got one message from Jamaica yesterday saying, you know, oh, we don't have any any Spanish here. And this your channel is the only thing that keeps us afloat. And like you mean so much to me. Like those messages to me are just like, you know, it, it's surreal. It's surreal to me. Yeah, the people, impact you're having. The impact that like they're they're watching my channel and that's like the only thing they have makes me want to just bring more, more and more. Yes. More. So, yes. I just want to create access, free access, because it's like it it should be free. This is culture. This is we're this is we're trying to preserve our culture, right? So I, I, I think that's just the biggest challenge is is access, and I really want to change that. I, I don't know. That's really my my motivation and my drive to keep going. Is that is you know all these moms out there that just don't have the resources, you know. And you mentioned about like the impact, and um, at least you definitely have an impact in my household, which we Thank said you. many of times on this podcast already. <laughs> um, but like Maromi and I are both from Georgia. Um, I didn't have any Hispanic friends growing up. Uh, I was like the only one I knew of. And I spoke Spanish was my first language because my parents didn't speak English at the time. So part of the reason we want to have you on is because we have friends here as well that are Latina speaking and Hispanic and they don't have access. So just informing them that there are channels like yours that teach our children and our husbands Spanish. (laughs) Yes, thank you, thank you. No, and honestly, like word of mouth is what's actually gotten my channel to grow. So I appreciate any any word of mouth. <laughs> yes. So outside of your YouTube channel, what other resources do you recommend for moms like us? So, for example, I have to be intentional when I go to the library with Mia to find a bilingual book, which mm-hmm. I'm actually a little surprised that I found a good little handful, um, more than a handful. I found a good bit. Um, but outside of that, I don't really know what to do outside of YouTube library and my parents. Like, what? Yeah, what no, I know. I mean, that's like the golden question. I want to know too. Like, <laughs> I think, <laughs> like we are all just looking for more and more and more, right? I think it. And I think it also just depends on your level. Like if, if, are you brand new to Spanish? Like, you know, YouTube is a great place to start, okay. right? But if, if you're a native speaker, then I, I would say, you know, try to reinforce the Spanish within your community. Like try to find a mom group. Facebook is a great place to find mom groups. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe a Spanish story time in libraries. They have like mm-hmm. English story time. I've actually, I was actually contemplating the idea of maybe starting my own like Spanish story time here in our library. Um, but of course, there's like no time right now, but eventually. <laughs> That's a really good idea. I'll say maybe we can do that. Yeah, maybe we could be the people. We could be that person. That's one thing. Like I tell moms all the time. Like I tell my friends, I have like a lot of, you know, I have a friend that speaks Arabic and she's talked to me about like wanting to start her channel too. And I'm like, do it. Like you don't, you don't understand. Like there's so much need for language Mm -hmm. learning out there. Like if you have the knowledge and the resources, do it. Like start that story time, start that channel, start that community like it all starts with the mom that is looking for the community and you need to start it too you know yeah I mean why we started this podcast same thing like I struggled with postpartum depression and I wish I had known more things with my first baby that you know nobody really told me so I was like 
this is the perfect place. If I found this when I was going through that, it would have just helped so much. So definitely a mom with a need can has power, honestly. You know, they'll yes, do it 100%. Other moms, and their babies. Mm-hmm. moms absolutely change the world. They, they change the world for their kids, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Ugh. And I think what you guys are doing with this podcast is it's excellent. Like I, I, the same way, like when, when I was postpartum, I think everything, I didn't even know things were called certain things until like another mom came up to me and was like, so how are you doing? How are the baby blues? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, is that what I have? Is that yes. what I'm this way? Like, I don't, you know, you don't know, you know, nobody, yeah. unless someone tells you, like, you really don't know. Yes. Exactly. And now as being moms for into a year now, I just had a friend that had a baby and I'm like, how are you doing? Have you, are you drinking water? Like, how do you feel? Like I'm just checking in on her. Like some people checked in on me, of course, but like the mm-hmm. person we evolved into after becoming a mom for the first time, it's incredible. Wild. It's yeah. wild. It's incredible. Yeah. So <laughs> even just you saying y'all should be that person at the library, like that's a great idea. Why don't we think of that? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it, it just takes, it just takes action, right? It just yeah. takes an idea and putting it into action. And, and yeah, like, like you said, like I've, I've been very lucky that I'm actually one of the last people in my friend group to have kids. And so I had a lot of moms to lean on. And I always think like, had I known this was how it is, I would have been like a better friend. I would have been at their yes. house. I would have brought food. I would have like, had I known, but nobody tells you, nobody talks mm-hmm. about it. Nobody wants to scare you. Right. So it's like, now that I'm a mom and I look back at my older moms and I'm like, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I should have been there more. <laughs> yeah. I literally apologized to one friend. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't come over. She was like, it's okay. It's okay. You didn't know. You don't and, know. Like, stuff like that. Like when other friends had kids, I would like, bring them a little gift or like they didn't care about the gift they wanted their dishes you know cleaned yeah. or like their laundry folded they didn't care about that stuff exactly. yeah. I remember I had so many texts from Romy saying hey have you gone outside today how are you doing and yeah. it was nice just to have that reminder to kind of like okay take a breather take care of yourself and then keep chugging along yes yeah oh my gosh it's a wild ride guys <laughs> so wild and oh, then cool. to, to add in the bilingual part because I'm so intentional I tried to be so intentional about it but it's another job and I don't even have a YouTube channel you know like I'm like oh a plane avion uh, the yes. door la puerta like yes. literally like it's all day <laughs> it really is like yeah. at least for me like I I talk Spanish throughout the day and around 3 or 4 p.m. that's when I kind of turn it off because like my husband comes home and we all just kind of need a mental break and that's Uh when I'm like okay let's just speak whatever we want to speak and so even I need a break sometimes because it is you have to be very intentional because you're the only one doing it right yes yes because we are not immersed in it either like all all my friends speak English so unless I'm hanging out with my family yeah I know I know in a perfect world we'd all be just in a bilingual community right (laughs) Right. Maybe we can start that too, you know, (laughs) do it all. all. Um, So we always like to end our podcast episodes with a fun question. And what is your mother luck moment of the week? Like something that made you go mother luck. (laughs) So I was listening to your other episodes and I noticed that you were asking that question. I was like, oh my God, they're going to ask me that question. What am I going to (laughs) say? Like, I don't want to scare anyone. No, but like, yeah, I have mother luck moments like literally every day. It's, I would say like the most recent one that I feel like I'm still kind of recovering from was we went to like a wedding, right? It's always the weddings. Um, <laughs> we went, we traveled for a wedding for one of my husband's like um, extended family members. And it's my husband's dad's family that had not met the kids. And so we felt kind of guilted into taking the kids. We had to fly to Canada with the, th- with the two kids. Wow. 
three hour flight. And, you know, we thought we were very prepared. We, we booked the flight during nap time. So we're like, okay, we're going to feed them, give them their milk. They're going to pass out. We had a backpack full of like activities and Play-Doh and crayons and so- all sorts of snacks. Like we had food for like 24 hours. We were prepared. Wow. Right? And like we get there, the kids start running around the airport. We're like excited. We're like, yeah, run that energy out. Let's just do it. You know, we're going to get on the plane and they're just going to pass out. And yeah, we got on the plane. We buckled up and we got in line to take off. And then we got delayed and we had to sit there for like 30, 40 minutes in line to take off, buckled in. We could not get out of the plane. We could not get unbuckled. And like we each had a child and we we each had a lap child. So we had to sit separately, right? Like across from each other in the aisle and the aisle seats. And so we're just passing the kids back and forth and they're like going through the snacks. They ate all their food. They already had their milk. We went through every activity. We watched, I don't know how many shows and we went through the entire bag of activities and we had not taken off. And, then, yeah. <laughs> and we still had hours to go. And I was just like, oh my God, how are we going to survive? Like the, the diapers were full of pee. Like I was just like, you know, I started getting really nervous. And of course, kids, you know, they can feel your nervous tension, right? So the tantrum started, they started and they didn't stop for hours. And we finally took off and nobody napped. And there was a lot of crying and there was a lot of stares. And, and also, I'm going to use this platform to just a public service announcement. If you see a family with two little kids or with, a, you know, little kids, just, you know, put your just put your headphones in and just give them some peace mm-hmm. because they are trying their best. Okay, <laughs> they really are trying their best. And yeah, I think both me and my husband, like we just survived the trip. We got, we got to where we needed to go. We got in the Uber and we both stared at each other in silence. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, thank goodness we were in another country where nobody knew us because it was just, oh my goodness, recovering from the trauma, you guys. (laughs) I can't imagine like traveling already is kind of stressful. Traveling with two kids under three. I can't, I can't imagine. I was always understanding of like young families. But I never knew until I had my own how stressful it is to be in that situation where your kid's having like a crying meltdown and can't get them to stop. Yeah. It's like, you're trying everything. Like, I'm trying here. There's nothing I can do. Like, um, so anyway, one thing I've learned. Yes. Yeah. One thing I've learned is to give myself grace. And I have to replay, yes. replay that in my head over and over. Yes. That <laughs> yeah. was definitely a mother luck moment. That was huge. That was yeah, terrible. No. <laughs> I, I I promise you, me and my husband just sat in silence in the car because they finally fell asleep in the car on the way to, you know, the hotel. Uh-huh. but it's like we yeah. sat in silence because we were just like sweating and like the stress, you could just yeah. feel the stress, you know, and it was just, and I felt the stress around me from everybody around me, you know, and it was wild. It was wild. Yeah. We survived and it was actually the first flight we've had with two toddlers. We've traveled with my younger being a baby, like a, you know, a, a baby mm-hmm. baby, but like two toddlers that knew how to walk was oh my gosh it was a lot it was really a lot. And so I've so, heard to just do it early before the walking <laughs> yeah. I know I know you don't realize that's the easiest time like you think oh when they're older they'll be more yeah. attractive. no the easiest time is when they're not walking so. <laughs> no one time Mia was crying and I was like I'm so sorry guys I'm so sorry and they the part I don't remember who I was with but they said it's okay we're moms too and I said okay we're good like they got it and that relieved so much stress and I was like girl keep crying I don't care (laughs) yeah yeah one travel tip that I always give all my friends is like if you see a family go sit close to that family because the kids kind of entertain each other and if there's noise Mm -hmm. nobody kind of really cares in that in that section so if if you're traveling just look for the other families (laughs) yes that's good tip actually yeah (laughs) love it well thank you so much 
I su- we super enjoyed this episode. This was so great. Um, and we will have all of your social platforms in our show notes so that people can watch you, follow you, keep up with you. But you're doing amazing things and we are like your number one fans. Yeah. Oh for my gosh. Thank you guys so much for watching. And, you know, just, just thank you for this platform for allowing me to sh- share my story. This is the first time. So I hope you guys enjoyed yeah. it. Yes. It was great meeting you guys. Thank you so much. Thank so you. Nice you. And we can't we can't wait to watch your platform grow. Yes. And we we deemed you the Spanish Miss Rachel in our household very early on. And I see that for you. So I'm putting all that energy your way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it in, taking it in. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Talk to you later. That was so much fun. And I love that so much. And I enjoyed it. This is literally why we started this podcast and one of the reasons is to amplify mom's voices and what better voice to amplify than Liz's. Yes. I resonated with literally everything she said. I agreed with everything. Like I want to be here when I grow up. Like how does she have time for everything? Um, The impact she's having is monumental. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just so important to raise bilingual kids to keep your heritage alive. Um, Just for your kids to have that sense of identity because they're going to grow up going to school speaking English and, you know, just everything around them will be in English. And that's phenomenal. And that's so great. But I also want her and I want all children to know more than one language. So she just hit the nail on the head a hundred times. Everything. And um, you kind of mentioned that, but like, and I mentioned this in the episode, literally I didn't have any really Hispanic friends growing up. Mm -hmm. So like the only time I practiced my culture and like was immersed was at home. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Augusta, I kind of made it like a goal of mine to make more Latina mom friends. And it's been great because I want, you know, her, I want Sophia to have the friends that I didn't have growing up. um, She has people to talk Spanish to. So this is just like very like fueling fueling that mom fire to make sure I'm doing the right things for her. Yes. And same with me. I mean, I only talk it with my family cousins, you know, just relatives outside of that. I don't have Latina friends that I talk to in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I barely have Latina friends as it is, but definitely (laughs) even less that who speaks Spanish with me. So I'm just so happy that we, that Liz will agree to be I have a challenge. Let's end it with the challenge. Let's have our moms on an episode where it's fully Spanish. We're interviewing them and we do it. We don't know when. I'm not going to put a time on it, but it's going to go on our list. Okay. Okay. We can do it. Yeah. That is our challenge for at some time, maybe next Mother's Day, but we're going to get it done. Okay. That's realistic. That's next year. We got this. (laughs) Exactly. Good. Perfect. Okay. So let's talk next episodes. What are we feeling? I think, I think maybe we should go into like dad versus mom and like Mm -hmm. how that's handled and maybe what that looks like for you and I, and you know, there's tensions that arise and like maybe compromises and things that work for us that way. Mm -hmm. New moms know what to expect when they're having a baby and don't really know what roles their partners are going to play yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a lot of learning. <laughs> yeah. And then soon enough, I would love to talk about feeding a baby. Because yes. Yeah. That's a whole nother job. Because it's like you just mastered breastfeeding and then it's time to introduce solids. Like, whoa, I wasn't ready. Yeah. So we'll do one of those two. I'd yeah. love to have a relationship counselor on the dad versus mom one. So realistically, we'll probably do feeding next. But just yeah. make sure you stay tuned. We have a lot of fun stuff coming your way. And if you have any content ideas for us, just DM us. We're open. Yes. Well, perfect. Alex, I'll talk to you later. That was so fun. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Motherluck. 
and All Things Momhood podcast. Remember, no matter how challenging it may seem, you're doing an amazing job as a parent, and whatever's working for you and your baby is what's right. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss in future episodes, reach out to us on our social media channels listed in the show notes below. Until next time, keep rocking motherhood and cherishing every moment with your little ones. This is Romy and Alex signing off.